That show was announced earlier today. Tickets are available at LiveNation.com. Adam Kilgore, Washington Post, back with us right now. John and Jim, San Diego Sports 760, covers the NFL, was at the AFC title game yesterday in Baltimore between the Chiefs and the Ravens, and back with us here in San Diego. So, Adam, we appreciate it. I'm going to start with this, and this might be tough to answer. More disappointment today in Baltimore hosting their first-ever title game or Detroit trying to get to their first-ever Super Bowl? I think Baltimore. And that's a funny answer because hmm. it was such a collapse by the line. You know, you're up 17 points. You know, you kind of got to win that game. Um, but I think the more profound and, and deeper disappointment is in Baltimore because this is a team that, you know, it, it, everything was aligned for them. They were pretty healthy, incredibly talented, great coaching staff. They're going to get picked over. Um, you know, look, look at their division. No Joe Burrow, no Deshaun Watson. Um, the talent was there. The players were there. The coaches were there. Um the sort of like, you know, outside factors were all there. Um, the, the city was, you know, just on fire. You know, I, I got to the game four hours before kickoff, and uh, the parking lots could not have been more jammed and full and rocking. Um, it was a team that, uh, you know, had probably the most very close to 49ers who they crushed, you know, probably had the most talent of any team in the NFL. Um, and I still think they're probably, you know, they, they are a more talented football team than the Chiefs, but the Chiefs just played better football. Was there any explanation after the game why the running backs for the Ravens only touched the ball or rushed the ball six total times? I feel like the entire game plan for the Ravens here, throwing it 37 times and only rushing it 16, like this wasn't a three-score game. and I mean, it was close one-score game pretty much throughout. No, yeah, you're right. It was, it, and the numbers are just absolutely dumbfounding. Um, you know, watching the game, I, I think there's a, a few things at play. Number one, you know, the, the, the Chiefs, um, and I think this probably showed up more in person than it would have on television, um, but the Chiefs were, like, really crowding the line of scrimmage. You, you could tell, like, you know, they were bringing, um, you know, the first drive of the game, they had ten guys, you know, everybody but one deep safety about five yards from the line of scrimmage. So their, their kind of whole plan was to put a lot of bodies around Lamar Jackson, um, confuse them with who's coming and who's dropping, um, you know, have those bodies there for the run game and really trust their corners on the outside because, the you know, the, the probably the weakest part of the Ravens' offense, despite Zay Flowers' impressive rookie season, is their whiteout. So that, that was the plan. So I think that was part of it. But I think another part of it was that the, the um, Ravens' offensive coaches kind of misread the game a little bit because it was for the first eight to, like, you know, first quarter or so, Looked like it was going to be a shootout where, like, the where the Ravens are going to be like chasing to stay in the game, and then all of a sudden the Ravens defense figured some things out, and the Chiefs, you know, opening script, you know, uh, ended, and then it became a defensive stalemate. And the Ravens' offensive uh, plan, though, never really adjusted to the way the game began. They still were calling plays as if they needed to chase points and get back in it quickly. When that was the case with all their defense played amazing. Patrick Mahomes didn't score a point in the second half and you lose the game with the MVP, that's really tough. Adam Kilgore, Washington Post, with us right now on John and Jim. So how much of this, I mean, we know how it works with the media or a narrative. I mean, a lot of it's going to fall on Lamar Jackson. He's the quarterback. Quarterbacks, you know, are paid a lot of money, like head coaches. I mean, a lot of it falls on coaching and quarterback play. He didn't fumble at the half-yard line. He did throw that inexplicable pick late in the game. How much of this do you put on, on Jackson? You know, a, a fair amount, and I mean, I, I don't think it—I don't think this one game necessarily um, changes the way I, I view Lamar Jackson. I don't think it should change the way people view him, as far as you know, he's one of the top 
Um, you know, it, some years he's going to be the best player in football. Some years he's going to be a top five quarterback, whatever. Um, but, you know, he didn't have it just straight, straight up. I mean, you know, there was simple passes that he missed. He made a few spectacular plays. Um, you know, the touchdown pass in the first quarter to Zay Flowers where he spun out of a sack and bought time was incredible. I mean, there's, there's one person on the planet who can do that, and it, it was him. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, he, he missed too many throws. You know, that the, the interception was, as you said, inexplicable, not only because of the way Isaiah Life was covered in the end zone, but the game situation. It wasn't a third down even, let alone a fourth down. Um, they didn't really, you know, they weren't desperate for a touchdown there. They were down 10 points, a field goal. When you got the best kicker in the history of the, of the football is on your sideline. A field goal keeps them well in the game, especially the way their defense was playing. It was a sort of a, a real misread of the coverage and maybe an even worse misread of, like, where the game was. And that, that really reflected how the Ravens played all game. It was like they got down and they were, I, I don't know, I, panics might be strong, but I think they just sort of misread what they needed to do to, do to stay in and get back in that game because they, they were playing like a team that was down, you know, like, like, like the 49ers were later. They were playing like a down, team that was down three scores and desperate and – it really wasn't as far away as the way they played was making it seem. You know, Mahomes, incredible. He feels inevitable at, at times. But I, I hear a lot today, uh, Adam, that, like, he's the greatest of all time already. And, I mean, did we just forget that Tom Brady, I don't know, was in the league a couple years ago and has won seven Super Bowls? Like, has your view on Patrick Mahomes gone to that level of he's already the greatest of all time? Well, I've been here's where I've been, you know, for a few years. Tom Brady is the greatest player of all time, and that's based on achievement and and skill. Uh, I I think Patrick Mahomes is the best football player of all time. Like I think his his peak is already surpassed like Tom Brady's peak. Um, not his career, not his accomplishments, and I and I think that um, is like more important when you're talking about a legacy and trying to compare, you know, greatness. Um, but as far as just like the best football player. Uh, that that's ever been. I, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I just think he's like, um, you know, he, he mixes like sort of incandescence, incandescence and reliability and um, sort of poise and skill like like nobody else that's that's played the game. Um, I mean, yesterday he, he was it was he was just clinical. I mean, it, you know, after the first two drives, he didn't do anything that you're going to like remember the rest of your life. But the Chiefs had three penalties. Uh, against the defense that forced more turnovers than any team in the league this year, they did not even come close to a turnover. Um, he just he just got full control of the game. He he holds the game like in the palm of his hand the whole time he's out there, and he's been doing it since the second he stepped on the field. Um, you know, and who knows how the rest of his career is going to go? I mean, at some point he probably is not going to have Andy Reid as his coach. He's probably not going to have Travis Kelsey as his tight end. Um, but as long as he's there, the Chiefs are going to be uh, one of the best teams, you know, a, a Super Bowl uh, contender, you know, for the next everyone wants to play 12 years, 15 years. I mean, so I think that he's got a good chance to catch Brady. I'm not sure he will. Um, and Brady's going to always and forever have it over him that when they met in the Super Bowl, Brady won. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Mahomes is, uh, like I said, not the greatest football player ever because he hasn't had the chance to catch Brady in that one yet, um, but he, he's the best player I, I've ever seen. Adam Kilgore, Washington Post with us right now, John and Jim, San Diego Sports 760. You look at the NFC title game, I know you were at the AFC title game, but in your opinion, what was Dan Campbell's biggest mistake yesterday? 
without question, the, the timeouts and running the ball at the end of the game. Yep. Um, it, I mean, I thought, you know, those fourth down plays, like, I, I definitely, you know, it, it, I, um, you know, like, would rather, like, slam my head into a wall than, than discuss, like, analytics or whatever. Um, like, you know, I think those are, those are coin flip, flip plays. He's an aggressive coach. He's been doing it all year. Um, you know, whatever. I, I don't think that's why they lost. But at the end of the game, it was unforgivable. I mean, once you run the ball and call timeout, the game was over, um, you know, aside from an absolute miracle, which is what an onside kick is now in, you know, with, with the current rules for, for onside kicks. Um, you know, I mean, I think you need to either run your, you know, be ready to run your field goal team on the field if you don't get score on that third down run, uh, or you need to pass the ball on third down. Or I would say better yet, uh, you know, it, it would have been like kind of like, oh, man, I don't know about this. But I think the best play would have been after you get a first down, after the guy sets out of bounds, the tight end that almost scored the left side. I, even, even though you're so close to scoring a touchdown, kick it on first down. Uh, you need the you need the clock. You need to uh, be able to kick deep and call three timeouts and stop the 49ers. Um, you, you can't just like uh, allow the game to come down to an onside kick because you're not going to get it. Um, so yeah, so the, the running the ball and then popping the timeout. That was him saying, "Congratulations, here's your NFC Championship trophy. Uh, have fun in Super Bowl 49ers." Yeah, I think everybody's talking about the going for it and fourth down, but you're absolutely right, Adam. We talked about at the start of our show. Like that timeout was the game. Like it ended the game right there. Like like the, the, fourth, the, game. the fourth downs are, are one thing. I get it, but like that ended the game. So that should be definitely talked about more. And I don't feel like it is. Adam, looking at Brock Purdy here, I mean, he's had kind of a roller coaster of a postseason, but he's come through when his team needed him the most. I think his second half yesterday, I mean, it, it's, it's something that. Like like statistically, you've never seen from a quarterback uh, the rush yards, the the pass yards. Like it was, it was a really good second half. It you know, got lucky on the pass that hit off the the DB's head. But sometimes you better rather be lucky than good. What's your uh, your whole take on Brock Purdy as you know leading this 49ers team now into the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, he just like will not let people like just be normal about him. He has to either like play horribly and like not be able to pass the football in the rain. Uh, or he has to play like Joe Montana in the second half of the NC, NC championship. And there's like no in between. Uh, right. But no, I, I think that, you know, I think I said this before on your guys show, the way I view Brock Purdy is like, he is a very good quarterback whose surroundings have allowed him to like far exceed expectations and probably, you know, play up because it, of the way it fits his strengths. And he's got the best uh, game planner and play caller of the side of Andy Reid. And he's got the best weapons on offense in the NFL. And so that sort of amplifies all of his strengths. Um, but the latter doesn't negate or diminish the former. Like, he's, he's good. He's really good. I don't think he's the best. I, don't, I, I never thought it, he was, like, a legitimate um, MVP candidate. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not, like, one of the – or hasn't played, like I should say, like a, a top-10 quarterback this year. Um, I don't know that his, like, sort of um, uh, foundational – skill set is going to allow him to be like a top 10 quarterback forever. It, it might. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that like, it's okay to have like a, a normal opinion about Brock Purdy. Like he's really good. Uh, he's good and really good. And he's got a great team and coach around him. And that makes him look uh, extremely good often. And, and, and he's also seems to be very clutch. I mean, in the two biggest games of his career, he played pretty crappy for a while. And then when the team needed it, uh, he played just remarkably outstanding football. So 
Um, you know, I think you put that in a package and you kind of get what you get. But, you know, I, I don't think, you know, it, anybody who wants to tell you he's like the best quarterback in the league, that's crazy. Anybody who says like he stinks, that's even stupider. So, so mm. he's, just, he's a really good player in, in, in an amazing situation. It's funny how I have to ask you who's going to win, but oftentimes people say, well, it's Purdy against Mahomes. How could the Niners win? Like, they, they don't face each other. I mean, the, the fact that Purdy starts for one team and Mahomes starts for another, again, they're not even on the football field at the same time. So how do you see this thing playing out in two weeks? Well, you know, I mean, I don't want to uh, make an even simpler point than you just uh, said not to make, but, uh, like, I, I really thought the Ravens were going to win maybe even big uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm done going against doubting Mahomes and the Chiefs, period. So I think the Chiefs so will find a way to win the game. Um, I, I do think, you know, uh, one really key part about the AC championship was the way Steve Spagnola, uh just threw the kitchen sink at uh, Lamar Jackson. And I think, I think he's going to find a way to do it uh, with Brock Purdy and the Niners offense as well. Um, it'll, be, it'll be harder because there's more – uh, varied and, and more talented skill players in San Francisco. Um, you know, for example, like he's not going to be able to just like press the press the receivers and take them out because Samuel and Ayuk are too good. Um, but I do I do just trust Steve Sagnola to find a way to to present some problems for the 49ers offense, and I definitely trust Patrick Mahomes to make enough plays and manage the game well enough uh, to find a way to have more points at the end. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll find some smarter points to make as the next two weeks unfold. But, man, I mean, it's just, you know, you watch what they did against Baltimore. It's just they are just methodical, systematic, you know, and when they have to be spectacular, uh, they, they, they certainly can be. We're excited for it. We're excited for it. Two weeks from yesterday, Super Bowl in Vegas, Niners and Chiefs again. A lot of narratives coming out of the winter, I promise you that, coming up in less than two weeks. Adam Kilgore, Washington Post. Adam, we appreciate your time. Hopefully we can connect after the Super Bowl as well. Good thing, guys. Thank you. All right.